The world is a complicated place. You need someone to expose the political fakers, fixers, and takers, and to cut through the mindless chatter and misdirection to help you make sense of it all. That person is Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show. Welcome to this Thursday edition of The Dan Proft Show. Thank you for joining us. Follow us at danproftshow.com. Get podcasts of the program there, as well as on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, on social media at Dan Prof Show. Uh, yesterday, President Biden responding to the um, latest governors. It's being treated as if they're the only governors. The latest governors, that would be Tate Reeves of Mississippi and Greg Abbott of Texas, to uh, fully reopen their states for business as well as to rescind mask mandates. Biden saying this of those governors. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask. Forget it. It still matters. Neanderthal thinking. 16 governors now have rescinded mask mandates. And uh, the uh, basis for these mandates in part and the continued propagandizing about masks from Biden and his ilk is a uh, February 2020 uh, report entitled the decline in COVID uh, study decline in COVID-19 hospitalization growth rate associated with statewide mask mandates. Uh, this uh, looked at 10 states uh, from March of October of 2020, February 2021 report looked at 10 states from March to October of 2020. And the CDC described uh, in that report, a decrease in hospitalization rates of up to 5.6% in adults attributed to the use of masking and or the introduction of mask mandates. Uh, they, however, then corrected that report to note some of the important inaccuracies. And the conclusions, uh, basically, the CDC admits that the scientific evidence is mixed at, and, and um, they suggests that uh, prevention of spread is not obvious. In point of fact, their own report concludes the use of non-pharmaceutical measures such as face masks in pandemic influenza warned that scientific evidence from 14 randomized controlled trials of these measures did not support a substantial effect on transmission. Moreover, in the World Health Organization's 2019 guidance document, same thing, they reported face masks. There is uh, of face masks. There is no evidence that this is effective in reducing transmission, and so there's been a few studies uh, recently that mix the conclusions by suggesting there is some material, perhaps maybe just outside the margin of, just yeah, just outside the margin of of ineffectuality to mask wearing, but it is far from the panacea or the tip of the spear transmission reduction measure that it is being suggested still to this day, despite all of the evidence. For more on this and uh, other matters COVID-related, a few other topics we need to get to as well, pleased to be joined again by Victor Davis Hansen. He is classicist and historian at the Hoover Institution, Stanford, also the author of The Second World Wars, How the First Global Conflict Was Fought and Won, and the case for Trump. VDH, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Um, how do you um, process this continued emphasis on mask wearing, mask mandates, mask as 
uh, as I said, uh, a tip of the spear measure in terms of trying to uh, save lives, as uh, somebody like Joe Biden would say? I think part of it is, is fear. I mean, these are, remember George Patton said, never let us be captive of our fears, and that's what's happened. Second is there's a lot of functionaries, bureaucrats, and people who ordinary wouldn't draw attention or claim or have the center stage in the national media attention, and they are, and they're, they're loath to give it up, and they feel if the country returns to normal, then they return to normal, and that normal in comparison to where they've been the last year is not very inviting, apparently. But what I am confused about is that when we went into this lockdown a year ago, we were told it was going to be for three weeks to flatten the curve. We all thought that might be good. We didn't know enough about it. But a year later, we're looking at the New York or California model versus the Texas or Florida in terms of cases per million or deaths per million. There's not that much difference, but there is a wide difference in economic growth. And probably we don't have the complete data, less suicide, spousal abuse in these states like Florida and Texas that weren't completely locked down. So that kind of begs the question, if these are the people who adhere to science, what are they doing? And remember what they told us. They Before herd immunity was a bad word in April of last year, a lot of people said, and these were around Fauci and Fauci himself, they won't end until we get vaccinations and a cer- certain number of people have antibodies. And they told us when that started to happen, and many of them wrote it, around 60 to 65 wouldn't be complete herd immunity, but it would start to see a downward trend. Well, now we have 30,000 people with confirmed cases. Models suggest another 100 million uh, either had asymptomatic cases or they were sick but didn't get tested, and they all have antibodies. And we have 50 million of uh, 1 to 12-year-olds who probably are going to be asymptomatic and then we have another, I think this by tomorrow, we're going to have 80, 80 million with at least one vax. So we're getting close to that 65 percent, 250 uh, people that have some sort of protection. And guess what? It's exactly what they told us. They said that each day or each week there would be little spikes and stuff, but gradually we would go, we would go down. So we've gone down by a magnitude of 10 here in California. And it's directly correlated with 9 million vaccinations and another 4 million confirmed cases and probably another 8 or 9 million that have antibodies. And all of a sudden they said, well, you know, that's not right. We're not going to adhere by that. But that's what they told us to expect. And they said it would be a long, hard year, but eventually we would have acquired immunity or vaccinated immunity. And now uh, we don't, I guess. And And the final thing is... Yeah. Don't you think it's very dangerous? Don't you think it's dangerous when you've told people for six months that vaccination is the magic bullet to kill this virus, and suddenly to tell people who have heard stories about a side effects, a bad time with a second Moderna or a Pfizer shot? You know what? Even if you get vaccinated, you're still going to have to wear a mask. You're still going to have to social distance, and there won't be any much different in your difference in your life. Why would a person want to go get a vaccination if they felt? it would make no difference if you had suspicions about it anyway. It's a very bad PR angle to be giving to the American people right now. Well, it's also the the strangest thing. The closer we get to herd immunity, the farther in in uh, the future, Tony Fauci says it will be until we return to normal. Earlier this, uh, late last year and, and toward the end of last year, 
Tony Fauci was talking about the fall of this year. He was talking about uh, towards the end of this year. Now, as some uh, medical professionals, including uh, Johns Hopkins, Dr. Marty Macri, suggesting we may be by to herd immunity by April. Now, Fauci is saying we not we're not going to be back to pre COVID-19 normal on, uh, by March of next year. Yeah, and I don't know what to make of that other than I'm just an empiricist. And he said, you remember when this started, that we that mask had no efficacy. And then later he said, I was lying so you wouldn't all go out and buy them and deny the availability of medical care professionals. And then he said, herd immunity will not be obtained till we have 95%. And then he went back and said, well, it might start showing at 60, but I, I lied because I wanted people to not drop their guard. So he's what we call, I guess in classics, a practitioner of the noble lie, the platonic lie that certain yes. elites, guardians, have the right to lie to us because they know what's good for us and we're ignorant. And that's his modus operandi. So he has zero credibility. I hate to say that, but he should really retire. He's totally discredited. And the per- people they demonize, and he demonized, Scott Atlas had told us all along that reluctantly he came to the conclusion that the Stanford e- epidemiologist and immunologists like Michael Labed and John Yanides and Bachelera and all the rest of them were right. And that is that when it was all said and done, the toll from a complete lockdown would equal or exceed that of saving lives from COVID. And that was um, nobody wanted to hear that. And then there were going to be natural things. They mentioned weather. They mentioned herd immunity and vaccination that would finally defeat the virus. And they seem to be uh, more and more correct every day and Fauci more and more wrong. When we come back with Victor Davis Hanson, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, covid uh, as it relates to border security and uh, get into a couple of other other topics as well, including the Capitol shutdown uh, based on a conspiracy theory. Victor Davis Hanson, classicist and historian at the Hoover Institution at Stanford, author of The Second World Wars, How the First Global Conflict Was Fought and Won, as well as The Case for Trump. We'll be right back with you. Sharpen your pencils. Class is in session with Professor Dan Proft and the Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to the show. We're speaking with Victor Davis Hanson. He is a classicist and historian at the Hoover Institution. And before the break, we're talking about uh, COVID as it relates to mask mandates and the reaction to from the president to those governors who are withdrawing their mask mandates, as well as uh, the pronouncements from Tony Fauci and when pre-pandemic normal might be a possibility, continues to be extended out into the future, even as we get closer to herd immunity. And then there's this, the cases that apparently don't matter to these same people that are essentially taking a zero COVID posture. Uh, And by the way, more and more on the left, Jonathan Chait in New York, in New Yorker saying zero COVID is the wrong standard. Welcome to the party, Jonathan Chait and so many on the left. But here, 
1,600 migrants were arrested over three, just three days in a single Texas border sector, the Del Rio sector. And of those released, it's reported more than 100 tested positive for COVID, yet they were released. And not to mention the projections of more than 117,000 unaccompanied minors that will show up at the southern border this year, according to uh, the Biden administration, according to a domestic policy document that was shared with Biden yesterday. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson, um, what about that? We we don't care about border security. We don't care about border security, even as it pertains to the spread of COVID. Yeah, I think that's part of it characteristic of the progressive mind they have this abstract morality and they're globally concerned about everybody on the planet including people in south of the border but the person next to them the the real stuff of life that is worrying about your neighbor and your fellow american citizen that's that's not so romantic and so we've seen that again and again uh joe biden has terrible timing so here we are as we're coming out of covid and we're getting some astonishing reductions in caseloads, and the economy is ready to go back, and he's going to push a $1.9 trillion, quote-unquote, stimulus bill at a time when we're $28 trillion in debt, or gas prices are starting to rise because of increased consumer demand as the economy restarts. And what does he do? He starts to shut down pipelines and stop fracking. The same thing uh, applies to what you mentioned about immigration. Here we are. We're, we're, we're just telling everybody we're going to let's not, you know, at least the Republicans are. Let's not trip before the finishing line. We're coming there. And he opens the border and there's no COVID security at all. And I don't know. It seems to me that I don't know if, whether his wife is in charge or he has a team of people around him, but the fact that he hasn't appeared uh, in the longest period of any president, he hasn't appeared really since Inauguration Day in an unscripted format. Even that wasn't scripted. Uh, that was scripted. Like It's kind of like the Wilson, Woodrow Wilson last two, uh, 18 mm-hmm. months where his wife, Edith Wilson, was kind of running the country. But it doesn't. It's, it's kind of scary because I don't think the American people know who or what is behind some of these crazy things. Is it AOC? Is it Kamala Harris? Is it his cabinet? I, I don't know, but it, it's herky-jerky and it's it's self-defeating. The uh, uh, Not so interested in border security, but very interested in security in D.C., which looks like a military camp. And, uh, and despite the presence there, National Guardsmen and, uh, and, and all of the uh, fortification of D.C., Congress shut down uh, out of fear, they said, of potential violence because of uh, Q uh, conspiracy theories uh, circulating online. It, to me, you're telling me you, you can't that, that that all of that, all those resources couldn't defend against whatever the uh, uh, the threat assessment was. It seems to me that is consistent with this narrative that the left is trying to spin that the Government is constantly under siege by Trump voters, Trump uh, insurrectionists, Trump conspiracy theorists online, and this is the greatest threat to our representative republic. That's absolutely right, and that's the trademark, again, of the progressive mind. We saw it uh, during the Katrina disaster. We saw it during COVID lockdown, COVID recession, COVID pandemic. They're always, as Rahm Emanuel and picked up by Hillary Clinton and Gavin Newsom, they're always looking for a serious crisis, and I'm quoting directly, 
never to let go waste. And so they feel that their agenda does not warrant 51% in normal times. So they're always saying this is a crisis, we have to have a war on this and this, and therefore we can get the agenda through. As far as the, the so-called insurrection, all of the writs of that Senate trial, impeachment trial in the Senate have dissipated. We were told it was an armed insurrection, yet we know now that nobody inside the capital of that mob uh, was ever arrested for the use or even the possession of a firearm. So, so, and then there was no real planning. There was no insurrection. It was a bunch of mob of lawbreakers who broke in and trashed the Capitol and should be punished. But the idea that they were armed and had a pre-intent to take over the government is ludicrous. And then we were told five dead, five dead, five dead, five dead, always in connection with Donald Trump is a murderer or a conspiracy to commit murder. And now we learn that of the five, only one probably died violently by the hand of another, and that was an unarmed woman who unlawfully broke through a, wim- a window who was shot on, while armed, unarmed by a police officer whose name, for some reason, we don't know, and that seems to be a break in protocol given the police are usually identified immediately when they shoot an unarmed suspect. And then we learn that the other four either died of natural causes or in one case, uh, might have been trampled or bustled in the crowd, and all of those four were Trump supporters. So the whole conspiracy, insurrection, murder has all collapsed. And the, the, now we look back at that, both the impeachment and the trial, it was based on nothing. And we, we sort of knew that when the chief justice would not uh, preside, and it would, the trial portion was against a private citizen, which we've never had. We've never had a president impeached twice. And uh, it, it's just, it was just a sham. I think that's one of the reasons now that Donald Trump, whose epitaph was written a month ago, that he's through uh, the Biden record and the, the more information about the Capitol riot and the fact he's not on Twitter or Facebook and can't really reply. It's you know, counterintuitive, given him that surge of support you saw at the CPAC. Yeah, you you can't blame Trump, right? But Trump isn't fanning the flames. There's no right. There's no uh, uh, portal for him to do so. And uh, also, uh, Christopher Ray, the FBI director. I mean, two months after the violence at the Capitol, and he still, the FBI still can't confirm the cause of death for the Capitol officer in question, Brian Sicknick, who was used by the left as the basis for the impeachment in part, impeachment 2.0 in part, can't confirm his cause of death, even though we've got reporting from his brother and the communications between the two um, the day after the rioting that occurred on the night of the the riots. But the FBI had two months and they can't confirm the cause of death. No, we we know that it wasn't violently. It could, by by a stretch of the imagination, you might have had a, a delayed allergic reaction to some type of chemical agent that was in the air, but the idea that he was hit and assaulted by a Trump supporter and had a brain trauma, is not, it's not true. And that was explicitly mentioned by some of the senators in the impeachment trial. And so a lot of this stuff is just, it's just dissipated. He is Victor Davis Hanson, classicist and historian at the Hoover Institution at Stanford, author of The Second World War is How the First Global Conflict Was Fought and Won and The Case for Trump. BDH, thanks as always. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Dan. Exposing political 
fakers, fixers, and takers. He's Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show.